So it's very good again to continue reflecting on this uh, series, Journey on the Way, Walking on the Way. This whole series looking at our life, our relationship with Jesus Christ, and how this journey is honed by his teaching. As I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about the very start of John's Gospel, this Gospel. And this amazing start where John <coughs> places the story of Jesus Christ, the person, into the whole cosmic purpose since the beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John describing quite clearly the divinity of Jesus separate from God. And John goes on to say, through him all things were made. This amazing concept that Jesus was there in the beginning before anything was. He is. Through him all things were created. We have been created through him. And later on, as John in his gospel goes out to explain so clearly, Jesus comes back to redeem us. Jesus opens the way back to the Father. As Sarah said last week in an amazing address last week, the Old Testament God, I am the untouchable, unknowable, almighty, awesome, fear-giving, or fear-making, fear-all, is changed through Jesus Christ into somebody who loves us, who wants us to love him, somebody we can be in touch with in Jesus' name. So Jesus creates, Jesus redeems. As Tom Wright says in a commentary, uh, that Jesus comes back, or not so big upon, Jesus comes to earth in human form to redeem the world that through him was created. Isn't that an amazing thought? I thought it was at the time. So Jesus comes into the world, fully human form, to redeem the world that was created through him. We're looking at the I am sayings. They are amazing sayings. You've listed them. I was talking with a fascinating, very bright Chinese student called Camilla, or her English name is Camilla, who has been with others reading through me the gospel, practicing her reading in English and learning about Christianity. She comes from no Christian foundation whatsoever. And over the years she's been interested, she's been enthusiastic, and I believe that the truth of the gospel as she's learnt about God has spoken to her. And I thought that she might state her faith two weeks ago. She didn't. I came home and said to Pat, Oh dear, Camilla did not state her faith. And Pat said, Don't worry. It's all seed sowing. She's certainly on her journey. Last Thursday by the lake, in the, uh, we were doing an open air talk. Sometimes people talk far better if they can look at things of beauty rather than a bloke like me. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, she was saying, she was talking about it, and she took the little Bible I'd given her, the Gideon's New Testament, and said, I believe this is a real manual for life, but I'm not sure about the relationship. And we started talking, and I said to her, actually, the whole thing is relationship rather than manual. Of course, there's a way of living. 
And we talked again about the relationship between ourselves and God through Jesus Christ's name. And I said, let's look at these I am sayings. And it was great. We looked at a few of them. As we talked about in this church, the I am sayings that ask for a response along the lines of follow or believe. And there's a consequence. So last week, I am the good shepherd. We listen. And there's one flock. That was her message last week. I am the light of the world. We talked about two weeks ago. When we follow the light, we don't walk in darkness. Live in the light of life. So it was a very interesting sequence. So these are the I am sayings and the two I wanted to refer to today. One of me is I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. We'll come on to the good shepherd in a moment because that is the purpose of, of this morning. But one that we sort of, um, I like just to mention too as we go past it is I am the gate. You know this concept, the gate of the sheepfold and the shepherd will bring his sheep into the sheepfold and then lie across, sleep across the entrance to the sheepfold keep them safe I am the gate says Jesus and through me you will have life then he says these wonderful words for us as we journey he says I will have life you will, through me you will come in and go out and find pastures so we come in what for? for sanctuary for safety we come in to be in the presence of somebody who we know loves us how glorious is that? We come in to be in somebody who loves us. And we can come in any state. Sometimes we come in in tears because we've lost somebody or we are losing somebody, whatever it may be. So we come in to the place of sanctuary. But we also go out through the gate to find pasture. What's that doing? Going to work. We come in and we go out to find pasture. Mavis was just talking before the service because... She came here when I first came here. Pat was coming here since 1983. I came here in 86. And Timothy Watson took me under his wing rather forcibly and tried to put me on, a, on, on the right path. I hope he's succeeding with the Lord and all that stuff. But it was just interesting to, to think of the journeys that we've all been on since then. And we go on going on. So this lovely sense, Jesus, I am the gate. Through me you will be saved. You will come in sanctuary and go out and find pasture and then today we're going to talk a little bit more about the good shepherd, I am the good shepherd says Jesus, I know my sheep and my sheep know me I have other sheep says Jesus not of this sheep pen I will bring them in says Jesus and there shall be one flock and one shepherd this great call to unity which Sarah talked about last week And so here today we're talking about controversy and divisions. Let's just remind ourselves of some more facts. We're in this New Testament era now, aren't we? When I talked to the Chinese students, I talked to them about the two eras in the faith, in the timeline of faith. I've done it here. Forgive me, I'll do it again. But the Old Testament era, so from creation, whenever that was until the coming of Jesus, the Old Testament era, the broad brush characteristics of our faith, are that the presence of God is in the custodianship of one people, the Jewish people. Humankind on its own gets it wrong. If you read the book of Kings or Chronicles, you see that the Israelites were either for God or away from God. For God is a yo-yo, authentic living. 
human tongues. And the Old Testament era, thirdly, has got multiple prophecies pointing to the coming of his Saviour. That's the Old Testament era. The era that we are in, the New Testament era, is different, isn't it? There are three features there. Are these, Jesus has opened the way back to the Father. We've talked about that. Jesus says, now go and make disciples of all nations. And thirdly, he says, I am with you always. I will be with you always until the end of the age. Jesus knows his sheep. We do not. Something I feel really strongly about is that we should never judge if somebody else is a Christian. Could we get it wrong? End of. Of course we can ask them if we're wondering about it, if we're wondering whether there's a friendship or there's something we can do together. Of course we we can ask in that sense. But the great, the great danger of asking is you then form categories. I get quite grumpy with people who say, well, I've got my Christian friends and my non-Christian friends. I'm just glad I've got friends. And actually we're called to be together. There's something very beautiful about humankind together. And if you make judgments about others, then we end up dividing and categorizing people. Jesus knows his sheep, we do not. And it's a great thing that. It's a great release from that. Because we can then talk faith. Can't we? We needn't worry about whether it's okay to talk faith. We just talk faith. And the people who need to know and understand. So let's just look for a moment at this passage. And it's, there are interesting things to bring out here. First of all, there's a festival. Festivals are important events in all faith life. They're hugely important, actually. I think it's very healthy in our faith to have the seasons and use the seasons to strengthen our own relationship with God. And for me, Advent and Christmas has one, one taste about it. Lent has another. Good Friday is a vital day in the church's year for me. Easter without Good Friday doesn't work. We need to know that feeling. Imagine for a moment Jesus totally separated from God his Father as he saved the world and then rejoiced that he is alive. Pentecost, and now of course the time we're in ordinary time, as you said two weeks ago, is a time where we actually start applying the lessons we're learning in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here we have a festival here. And it's interesting to see this was in Solomon's Colonnade. Solomon's Colonnade at the moment is a place of controversy and division. And we'll talk about that. I'd like to draw your attention though to Acts 5, where early on, in the life of the new church, Pentecost has happened, the Holy Spirit has come as promised, and these ordinary people, twelve ordinary people, tell the gospel with such power, sword of the Spirit, that thousands were believing. And we see that in Acts 5, the apostles were in Solomon's colonnade, and there there were so many miraculous things going on that people were coming and laying the sick, so that the shadow of Peter would have an efficacy. How different then? What's the difference? Well, of course, Pentecost has happened. In the timeline of faith, then Jesus has saved the world, the Holy Spirit has come, and Solomon's colonnade becomes a place of great power in the Holy Spirit for people to believe. Here, this same place is a place of controversy and division and opposition. And it's not just any old opposition, this is aggressive opposition. You can imagine Jesus, I was trying to imagine him last night, Jesus with his disciples around him teaching, 
and arguing. He's just said, I am the good shepherd, my sheep know me, I know my sheep. Surrounded by his followers who are trying to understand him themselves, but they know because the Lord has given them the insight. Trust this man, he is the son of God, you will understand that. But he's confronted by people, hypocrites, wearing big hats, with stones in their hands. This is a pretty aggressive confrontation. They tried to stone him. The power of the word to stop physical violence. Tell us plainly, they say. Come on. Tell us. Show us. Imagine the anger and the aggression there. If you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. What are they doing? Well, they're ducking a question of faith. It is amazing, as many of us have done, I'm sure we all have in one way or other, we're talking to somebody who's seeking the Lord. And to watch gradually as the Lord opens their eyes. The Holy Spirit helps them to understand. My student colleague Camilla, I am sure one day, I don't know when, but I am sure one day, will believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Incidentally, before she goes back to China, we're going to have communion together as a way of remembering our conversation, remembering Jesus. That's fine. That's great. That's why he ordained that gift. There's no rules and regulations for me. Do this in remembrance of me. So we, we know that process. And here we've got a group of people who, who are refusing to see it. They're refusing to hear God saying that, but they're ducking the question of faith. And Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. And then he talks again, doesn't he, there, about why sheep know me because the Father enables them. And so he talks further on, verse 32. I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? The extraordinary paradox of the Passion story. How the people who shouted Hosanna on Sunday by Thursday are shouting crucify. How quickly we forget. Jesus is saying, come on, you've seen me do these things. You've seen the lame walk and the blind see. You've heard about that. So which of those are you stoning me for? And then the third area of controversy is where they... I'm not saying any of of those, they say, but because you claim to be God. This sort of double standard. The good works are one thing, but the claims are another. And Jesus, of course, enters there into some scriptural reasoning with the hypocrites. Saying, come on, it says in the Psalms, he called them God. And so he cites scripture, he feeds scripture back to them. And then, of course, he says, it's not me the person. It's who I am with God the Father and the works that I do. Look at them and believe. John's gospel is a gospel of great reason, fewer miracle stories. John says he could have added many more, doesn't he? But he he includes them with explanations so that we may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and through him have life. Simple as that. And so we see our Lord, and we see our Lord then going back to the country. 
and the very straightforward observation from ordinary people. And in that place, many believed in him. Finally, we remember that when we believe in him, as the disciples did, he said to them, wait, and you receive power. They did, that's why we're here. And as we journey on, on the way, the way, a journey that will take us to different places, to new things, to uncertainty, then we have the Holy Spirit, as promised by Jesus, to help us in our continual learning. To help us to remain humble. We are saved by God's grace. And to help us to live in wonder. The wonder of God.